Welcome to Holy Cow. I'm Don. This episode of Holy Cow is about hitting the bullseye, but missing the forest. Or is that missing the trees, but hitting the mark? Damn it! That's what I get for mixing metaphors. If you've been listening to this podcast and like what you hear, please follow us on Twitter at holy underscore cow underscore pod and share with your friends. You can listen to Holy Cow on Anchor, Breaker, Apple Podcast, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Spotify. And our newest platform, Google Podcasts. I'm doing my best at making these podcasts. I got some feedback from a listener via Twitter, MHMJR at uh, Digital Ether, told me I had some pop on my peas. So I wanted to say thanks. I ordered up a new filter for my microphone. So let's hope that helps my sound quality. Please, constructive criticism is welcome via Twitter. Again, that's at holy underscore cow underscore pod. But first, I wanted to give a shout out to the Porcupine Report. If you like satire news for libertarians, the Porcupine Report is the place to find it. That's porcupinereport.com and on Twitter at Porcupine Report, a satire news source for those of us who appreciate freedom above everything else. You'll find the best headlines, such as Greta Thunberg inspires a generation of young women to be condescending at an early age, or leftists blast forest critters who lost their homes in fires. It was just property. Again, that is the porcupinereport.com, the most reliable libertarian satire news around. What I want to talk about today is actually a critique or criticism of the Ben Shapiro Show, specifically episode 1094, The Results of Calling America Systemically Racist. Full disclosure, I listened to the Shapiro pod The guy has a huge platform. When it comes to the left-right commentary or the international policy stuff, that's where, you know, Ben Shapiro shines. He manages to make a living from news and political commentary while I do this as a hobby. So, take that for what it's worth. Anyway, I heard this episode and something was missing. Maybe it's because... Shapiro is invested in the political right so deeply that he feels he has to argue this specific point so hard. It's just that pointing out the the wrongness of a particular piece of propaganda ignores the motivation for having created the propaganda in the first place. It isn't that I think he's wrong. I just think there is something missing. Now, in this episode... Shapiro goes on to explain what the concept of systemic racism is. It is simply that if the outcome of a system is not equal, the system is flawed and it is due to racism. And of course, each unequal system must be dismantled. Now, he goes on to talk about how it is an attack on the system, right? Right, Where the goal is to destroy the institutions. Why destroy the institutions? Because if the institutions are brought down, they can then be replaced. 
Now, I'm also going to throw in that I think that the people who want to replace these institutions are trying to replace them with institutions built on a Marxist ideology. But we're moving on with the critique of the podcast. So, as Shapiro goes on, he specifically gets, you know, to the attacks on the institution of police forces. Basically, he says that if you are buying the systemic racism propaganda, then you must agree that all cops are bad. Great, Ben. Why is that? What does it do for them to have everyone agreeing all cops are bad? Well, I think it serves two purposes. One, it others the police. Okay, and I'll talk more about othering in a bit. And two, as I've said before, if they bring down the police, then they can replace them. Now, I have to bring this up right here because I think one of the things that gets lost in the no police rhetoric is that, you know, for those chanting it, it doesn't mean no police forever. Okay? As an example, something I managed to randomly see on Twitter, this kid Steven tweeted this. We need to create a federal secret police battalion imbued with emergency powers that will go door to door, execute unannounced raids on domestic terrorist cells, a.k.a. homes of gun owners, and use all possible force imaginable to confiscate and destroy them. There is absolutely no room in the perfect society for gun owners. There is so much wrong with this. The contortions of reason that must be done to advocate openly secret police raiding private homes. Think about this. He might as well have said, Hey, Kristallnacht was a good idea. Bet we can do better. I don't know this guy, but it illustrates what the most rabidly radical, power-hungry leaders of these movements really want. They want to bring down the police as we know them so that those systems can be replaced with, as this guy says, secret police executing unannounced raids using all possible force imaginable. Now back to my podcast critiquing. Shapiro goes on to attack this rhetoric. He points out the semantic overload. Right? That's what's used by Black Lives Matter. Simply, you cannot deny the phrase Black Lives Matter. Therefore, you cannot deny their agenda. And of course, this is the big smokescreen of the combined BLM Antifa objective, which is to disrupt the political process with violence and propaganda and replace it all with their Marxist authoritarianism. Now, next up in the podcast here that we're talking about, Shapiro calls out the authors of these books, calls out Ibram Kendi, the author of Anti-Racist. He calls out Robin D'Angelo, the author of White Fragility. He calls out Critical Race Theory. And it's great to fight the twisted arguments of Critical Race Theory Right, fight its justification for racial hatred. 
frankly, I'm personally thinking that at some point, minorities that are actually concerned with civil liberties are going to get pissed that they have been used in a propaganda campaign. Only time will tell for that. Okay? But what Shapiro points out next is, after calling out critical race theory and, and these things, and that it's just divisive rhetoric, he calls, he points out that minority police chiefs are resigning. And they're tired of the attacks, right? They're throwing in the towel, so to speak. And of course, he's not wrong, okay, with this. And he points out the irony that the worst affected police forces, right, the ones that are under the most threat, are staffed by minority officers. That is, that a majority of these police forces are staffed with minority persons, persons of color, as it were. And this is one of the indicators that the true goal of the BLM Antifa faction is hidden. It is not really about race. It never was. It's about replacing the systems. Now, this is where Shapiro and I will have a difference of opinion. His view is that the police are doing good things enforcing laws, keeping order. He's not necessarily wrong. Unfortunately, the police can be used to enforce unjust laws. Okay? The police are a uniform service, right? Because of that, they don't get to separate the good from the bad. Essentially, they're going to do what they're told, and if they want to stay police officers, okay? Uh, and they're taken over by the radicals, they will be, some of them, part of that secret police force we just talked about. However, at the moment, we are not talking about police reform either. So, we will get back to why destroying the local police force is a BLM Antifa goal in a bit. So, Shapiro goes on to say, narrative matters more than the facts. Yeah, duh, it is in essence a propaganda war. Joseph Goebbels would be pleased. It is not about facts because there is a goal that is not stated openly. The BLM Antifa objective is tearing down systems and promoting violent overthrow. Now, one of the tactics they are using is they are using their divisive rhetoric to other. The quick internet definition of othering is to view or treat a person or group of people as intrinsically different from and alien to oneself. In many historical propaganda wars, othering is used. The National Socialist Party othered Jews. And the United States is an innocent. They used othering of the Japanese during World War II. Why might this propaganda tactic of othering, that is the making of group divisions being used, Well, I'm glad you asked, Cotton. You used the tactic of othering to make it easier to attack and kill. Maybe some of you noticed that certain groups are now being attacked and some killed. You might have seen some video of uniformed person sitting in a vehicle being shot. You might have seen person wearing a certain type of hat being shot. 
you might have seen some video of people having dinner, being screamed, harassed, attacked. And it is easier to do so if you believe they are other. All right, moving on here. So, Shapiro points out that the BLM does not care about each case or the facts in each case. But he doesn't really talk about why. And the why is pretty simple. The propaganda only requires that the target audience identifies with the characters. In this case, race is what the audience is supposed to identify with. Then, they use rhetoric to promote hatred. You may have seen a video of leaders. I'm going to, you can't see me, I'm talking air quotes, leaders with megaphones calling out the targets of hate, such as the police, such as politicians, such as members of what they perceive as the opposite political party. They use this rhetoric to promote hatred. The hatred then justifies the violence. Now, because I'm following each point in order, this is essentially a side note. Shapiro talks about excited delirium, and excited delirium is a real thing. As you may know, I'm a nurse, and I've had aggressive patients. I've had to hold down an aggressive patient with a half dozen people, drug the ever-loving shit out of them, and if they quit breathing, we could put a breathing tube in them. All of that's true. People under the influence of drugs can be violent and reckless, and it is a danger to themselves and to everyone around them if they are not. Uh, until they've regained control, right? Essentially kept under control. But it's not the point. Shapiro is trying to justify all the force used or the outcomes of these. And the reason this is not the point is because, and he says so himself, that the facts don't matter. Now, moving on from the side note here. Shapiro goes on and talks about Michael Brown, Jacob Blake, George Floyd. He goes on about how each of these guys were under suspicion of something accused of rape in the case of Jacob Blake, the fentanyl levels in Floyd were at overdose levels, etc. It's a no shit. These poster boys are not Boy Scouts. I've already pointed out that they are being used to get a target audience to identify with only one aspect of these individuals. It's like, damn it, Ben. Sometimes arguing the facts plays right into the hands of the propagandists. If you keep going on about how these guys are horrible choices for poster boys for a civil rights movement, then they're just going to call you a racist. And, besides, it shows you have missed the point that it is not a civil rights movement. That's just a facade. Now, at this point in the episode, Shapiro says, you either choose to be on the side of the police or on the side of the criminal. Now, for a guy like Shapiro to offer a false dilemma is a little weak sauce. Obviously, there are more than two choices. 
it's a fallacy argument, right? I'm pointing this out because it's an us versus them argument. Basically, pick a side and you should pick mine. Just like old Ben says, multiple things can be true all at once. We should call out and stand up to the Marxist ideology that's hiding behind a semantic smokescreen. No doubt. Call it out, point it out, and fight it. Also, the police need to be held to the highest standard of conduct, not the lowest. That means getting rid of qualified immunity, end the war on drugs, ending no-knock raids, and civil asset forfeiture. What we need to do to reform policing is a whole other discussion. It does need to happen, but for completely different reasons than race, period. Lastly on this list, we as the American people have allowed our government to become too powerful. Only because it has so much power does it make sense to have such a vicious fight for control of that power. This, of course, is where I pitch a third party. The tug of war that goes on between the two major parties in our country needs to be split. I don't actually care how many ways it splits. I just want less power in the hands of people who, by their desire for that power, indicates to me that they should not have it. So, let's all vote for Joe Jorgensen in November, and maybe the shock of that will spare us all from the looming civil war. This is Holy Cow, and I'm Don. And if you like what you hear, be sure to follow Holy Cow on your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to share with your friends on your favorite social media. If you've been listening to this podcast, like what you hear, follow us on Twitter at holy underscore cow underscore pod. You can listen to Holy Cow on Anchor, Breaker, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Spotify. And on our newest platform, Google Podcasts.